You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, there are so many myths about the abdominal muscles. And today, we put those to rest in our review of heavyweights. But first, Eddie, how's the family? We are doing pretty good. Um, I I did have a question for you about two-year-olds, the toddler phase. Um, Lewis has latched on to a particular phrase that he just won't stop using and asking. And And I didn't know if you guys had ever faced this in your toddler phases. So my mom, anytime somebody shows up, like she'll be like, what are you doing here is kind of like her like oh you know lewis heard my mom say this a couple of times and now everywhere we go everything we do what are we doing here what are we doing here daddy what are we doing here daddy Uh what are we doing here Uh daddy what are we doing here so even like this past weekend, we went to Menards. So if you don't live in the Midwest, you are missing out. Menards is this amazing like uh, Home Depot. hardware store, but ha- it's more than a Home Depot. Oh, like, it's more? <laughs> yes. When you can buy like dog food and a six pack of soda and some crazy snack alongside your paint and lumber and... Oh, by the way, there's a, a huge clothing line yeah. up front. Eddie, you Just, can save big money at Menards. Yes, there we go. Save big so, money at Menards. We're, we're at Menards, which has everything. Like, there's just a crazy... Every time Lewis sees something new, he's like, what's that doing here? What's that doing here? What's that doing here? What's that doing here? I'm like, oh, it was cute like the first five times, and now it's... So did, I, I think that's did unique. Your kids have to, I think that's unique to Lewis. I think that's his. Thanks, thanks. That's his. That's his unique <laughs> uh, phrasing. I think. But but I I mean, did your kids have any like phrase that they latched onto that they would just use and use and use? I mean, our phrase right now is why everything is why. Um, but he doesn't even really know why he's asking why. He just says it because he knows it'll. He didn't get what he wants, so he'll say, "Well, well, why." But then we, it, it never follows up with the second one. It's always just one why. So sometimes we're like, because we said so. And he doesn't do another one. It's just why. Mm. I'm waiting for the second why and the third why and the fourth why to be, to be showing up soon. Well, if you're wondering what we're doing here today, we start a new year as Finally. we walk through. Mm-hmm. So... We are walking through all of the movies we grew up on from 1988 all the way till 2005. And today we hit a new year, the year of 1995. What do you remember about the year 1995? I was trying to think through this, if there was anything significant in our upbringing, our childhood, our friendship in the year 1995. And I couldn't think of anything distinct. So this is uh, this is we're eight years old, 
at this time it, around. Yeah, we're now in third grade. Third grade. So third grade, uh, some of the big milestones from Miss Sears. Miss mm, Sears was our teacher. Um, yes. Started having more homework, which I was always trying to beat uh, Justin to get done first. So I didn't have to do homework back home. But third grade was a big year because that was the year that I got glasses. It was ironic that I was wearing my glasses today because oh. that's when I got they were they were silver, I believe. I think they were either silver or gold rimmed. And one of the girls in our class drew a picture of me with gold rimmed or silver rimmed glasses. So that was a it's mm. a big moment. That is a big milestone when you get glasses. I remember I I was sixth grade when I got my glasses and yeah. Do you have the notches behind your ears from wearing glasses for so long? There are notches. There are physical notches behind the ears. Yes. Well, you can wear contacts. When did you start wearing contacts? Uh, I believe that I was in fifth grade, maybe. Okay. See, I can't wear contacts. I have a, a like a stigmatism. Stigmatism. Type thing. Yes. And Stigma. so I've always am wearing glasses, and because of that, right where your glasses like rest behind your ears. I actually have like little notches. Oh, like, the way that the bone formed, it formed around that's it. Crazy. So, no, that's crazy. No, I do, I've, do not have that. That's how long I've worn glasses. I've, ha- I've had <laughs> enough contacts so that, which my contact just broke right before we got on here. That's why I'm wearing my glasses right now. I want to fish out. We're, contacts. we're glasses twins. So Eddie, do you want to walk us through some of the political stuff that happened? In 1995, I couldn't find a lot in this. Well, uh, Bill Clinton is still the president in 1995. Um, Coming off of his re-election campaign, correct? No, no, this is not quite, not quite. That's 96. 96 is when he would have run for re-election. No, the significant events that happened, um, you had the genocide in Rwanda that was going on um, in conflicts in Bosnia. Um, two kind of very distinct things that uh, I actually do remember kind of slightly um, hearing about on the news and things reported on in 1995. So we hit you, we hit you with the hard stuff first. <laughs> then we're going to uh, segue. Uh, segue. We're going to segue this really nicely into the sports side of things. We have the 49ers won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Atlanta Braves won the uh, World Series is coming right off of the the player strike. Uh, the Houston Rockets won the second NBA so their second NBA championship. Uh, and this is because Michael Jordan decided to finally return mm. to um, after his small like eighteen month hiatus from play, when he went out and played some baseball for a little bit. So um, this is Michael Jordan's return, but he didn't return quite in time to. Uh, get back up to speed to beat the Rockets. So that's what happened in sports. I remember because this was the second time the Rockets had won. So they had kind of a little bit of mm-hmm. a run there. And if, you, and if you remember, we had the uh, basketball oh, sports league. yes. And were, you, were we on the same team? The, the next we were year the, on the, we were the Rockets. We were the our Rockets. Fourth grade, our fourth grade season. Yeah. First time playing basketball in a league. And we, they put all, they, they did not like spread the wealth. They put no. all of 
the fourth graders that were we, not very good on we one did team. not win a single game nope. a single nope. game um and and i'll tell you that was my first and last time to play organized team sports <laughs> you played uh organized uh frisbee uh ultimate frisbee haven't you well, that was like intramurals in college. That's I, organized, Eddie. Okay, okay. I, okay, I'll give you that. But I mean, this- Traditional you know, sports. Where Traditional. you have like a team roster yeah. and like everybody's got the same jersey or t-shirt or whatever it was in that time. And mm-hmm. yes, we it was, were- it was, it was t-shirts at the time. So let's we not were, ourselves. We, we were bad. bad. We, we were, were really bad. bad. Yeah. But you know, wasn't bad was the best picture of that year. One Ooh. of my personal favorites- Forrest Gump. I mm, love that yes. movie. Tom Hanks. Uh, he actually won um, Best Actor for that movie as well that year. But he um, was not done with that year either. No, big year for him, right? Because later on... Peak, in peak Tom Hanks right here. 1995 was also when we get the first feature-length computer animated movie, Toy Story, which we will be reviewing here in a few weeks nice. on our podcast. So, yes. Um, Now, there's a few things in here. Like, uh, you put in here the top song, the number one song or the Grammy song. I've never heard of this Kiss from a Rose. I don't know any of the words to the song. I'm sure if my wife were here right now, she could sing all of them. I had to, the only reason I know this is because I had to look it up. It's by Seal. Okay. As soon as you give the melody, it's like, yes. Okay. I've totally. What's also great is if you go look it up, if you go look it up, the, the, the music video is actually from the Batman movie that year like the michael uh, keaton Batman forever or whatever it's it opens up with the batmobile driving off in down an alleyway so no. it's it's very it's very fun i'm gonna have to watch this are we talking michael keaton batman or are we george clooney i don't batman? remember if this is batman with the nipples or not i'm not oh, sure oh let's remember. hope that it is keaton he uh, he was one of my favorites this so. would have been this would have been um uh another one of uh what's his name's uh big movies that we just covered his uh, nightmare before Christmas. Tim Burton. Tim yeah. Burton. This would have been one of the Tim Burton ones. Well, yes, because that's why he pretty much only put his name on nightmare yep. before Christmas. Cause he was busy doing all of that. Let me tell you what I remember the most about 1995. Okay. And that is windows 95. <laughs> because I think this was like the first computer operating system that like you ever used i i remember you know i ever used at least on a regular basis i can't think of too much before that there there's definitely some really 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 old computers that i had to play with um growing up in a tech tech household i don't know if it was dos or what there was a lot of stuff that i I do remember yes so do you remember you'd have to enter the codes Mm -hmm. in computer class and then dos windows 95 was a big deal this was really where windows took off and started to put its stake in the ground yes uh some other things that happened that year um this was the oj simpson verdict 150 million people watched oj become uh acquitted is that the right word? Am I the mm-hmm. right? Okay, cool. Uh, another thing I should have my wife here to explain to me as she watched all of her murder shows. Uh, he was acquitted. Murder shows and podcasts. Murder po- murder shows and podcasts. 
Uh, we're we're below all those podcasts though. I right like she she's got to oh, listen to all of her no, murder we are not, podcast we, first. We've talked about this, and be- then this before. She has to fit fit our podcast into <laughs> all of her regularly scheduled podcasts. So yes. hopefully we'll find that find in there soon. But which is have, which is appropriate. It's mm-hmm. appropriate. And we have a couple this must have been the year of bombings because <laughs> there was also the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, was this year as well as uh, this is the year that the New York Times and Washington Post both published the Unabomber's manifesto. I think it was like 35,000 words or something manifesto mm-hmm. in the Washington Time, Washington Post and the New York Times. So big year for conflicts and Unabomber's and software and movies. Yeah. No, I mean, the Oklahoma City um, bombing was, it was big. I remember yeah. that just kind of like, slowing the world down to a halt um if i look back on my childhood the events that i just remember dominating uh you know this was one of the first ones you have um the columbine shooting um and then of course you know 9 11 right at the beginning of high school for us you know those were big events that nobody knew how to process and everything just kind of stopped and you just sat in front of your tv trying to process it there's a lot of things that happened in our childhood and growing up. Uh, I think I was just reading a New York Times. Or I don't think I ever read the article, but the article said millennials, the most unlucky generation, question mark. Now, we didn't have to go fight in a world war, so I don't know if that trumps <laughs> what we what we had to experience. But Yeah, but most uh, millennials were the ones who went and fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, yeah. You know, we also when a lot of millennials were trying to hit the workforce, that's when uh, the Great Recession was happening. So I just yeah. remember uh, my dad talking about um, the draft with Vietnam right. um, being in and definitely around not that, that time. Level. We yeah. have the world wars before that. It's hard to compare the two, but you're right. Just sheer number of giant incidents that we were all aware of and because of social media and because of news uh full-time news the internet we had more access to more of that information versus just reading about it in the newspaper but eddie which is all the more reason why we needed light-hearted fun disney movies this if you are worried about (laughs) continuing this podcast on the note that we have left you at do not fear because we are going to change everything right now with this very podcast because today's today's movie it's 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 a special one it's a different thing and you know what we're eddie we're gonna do it together (laughs) so we're the disney sound effect i didn't eddie i didn't get in the actual title of the name we gotta gotta say that's right well i was just so excited so excited so excited for lars to jump in here as his our new friend and counselor uh, we are what movie we're talking about today is the 1995 hit Heavyweights. Cue the Disney sound effect. All right, give us the IMDb description. Will it live up to the movie? This is kind of interesting. Okay, <laughs> plump kids are lured into joining a posh (laughs) fat camp with the promise of quick weight loss and good times. 
only if we're not done only to find the the facility is a woodland hellhole <laughs> run by a psycho ex fitness instructor Eddie, anything anything that starts with plump plump kids are lured <laughs> this Into- is this is on another level this we've had really bad ones i think last week we had a very solid like very minimalist this is exactly what you need to know for this we've had rain no this question is, mark ones this, this is, is on lush. another plane this is this has so many adjectives and descriptors i mean woodland hellhole what a wonderful descriptor of this camp the promise of quick weight loss and good times <laughs> i'm surprised they didn't get the blob into this expl- explanation i'm surprised at that but we can all assume that uh good times is because of the blob but anyways i i didn't know that tony was an ex fitness instructor somehow i I, didn't pick up on that and watching this again i don't know i mean he is a he is a aficionado it makes sense i don't know he's not very successful no he is not very successful he no that is that that is true but anyways eddie was this a constant in your home? Did you rewatch this a lot? Um, I wouldn't say that it was a constant, um, but it was one that we had watched and had watched several times growing up. Okay. Um, and it's one that I I quote a lot. Um, and definitely when uh, in college, when I was a summer camp counselor, I would use some of Lars lines quite a lot. Um, and every that. every once in a while, you'd have a camper who would be like, is that from heavyweights? And you're like, you're going to be my favorite camper of the week. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, uh, how about you? Had you guys? This was a late one for me. I did not see this. Um, I want to say that I don't think I saw this really until maybe either junior high or high. I think it was high school. I don't think I saw this until high school when people were quoting it in high school and finally someone uh, introduced me to this movie. So I came to it very late. (laughs) I remember coming back and revisiting this in middle school and high school for sure. Because it is, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a very quotable movie. Very quotable movie. And and I think that's what one of your kind of qualifications for the cult classic movies, you know, you just got to be able to throw those one liners out there. And this is, this is, shall we say, plump with one-liners. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> it is, it is packed. Some of the some of the memories that I have, um, the things that I remember when I was even just thinking about rewatching this again is when they are hiding all the candy in the <laughs> in opening every, scene, every yeah. spot, and it is still so. Cr- so we had a funny moment when they're unloading all the candy, and the one kid lifts up his shirt. He's like, oh, the bus was hotter than I thought. And the other kid and the other kid like licks it. Uh, My son, my son even cringed at it. He's like, (laughs) ew, like he knew that that was not what you do to another human being. We don't you don't. Yeah, that's it's just weird. No, 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 no. But that was one of the things I remembered. Uh, Lars, of course, uh, who has so many one liners, which will we need to carve out some time just for Lars alone. Just for Lars. Um. The, those are a couple of the, the the big ones that I that I remember, but that can't where they hit all the candy. Yes. Um, I just I 
I love the opening of this movie, like just the opening sequence when you're following uh, uh, Gerald, right? Is that the kid's name? Sure, we'll go with Gerald. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting the main the main character's uh, first name there for a second. Nick. Um, Jerry. Yes, Jerry. Jerry Gardner. There we go. That's right. So I deeply connected with Jerry at the opening of the movie in this one particular scene and moment when he's, you know, it's the end of school. And one, like, I, I love that scene where it's like the final day of school and all the papers and like they're even going trashing back, the school, trashing the school. They're compl- who does that? That uh, is not a real thing. We, I remember, I have some memories of like middle school where we would get a little crazy it, at the last day of school. Like, this you is remember just that. out now trashing the entire. But you remember school. that feeling, right? Like watching that clock click down and knowing like it's summer done. is almost here. Yeah. Now yep. we're not going to break into uh, the High School Musical two song at this point, but. Uh, the scene that I deeply resonate so much with is when he's walking home and he walks by the you are you already know what I'm going to say. Yep. And he walks by the baseball diamond and the ball rose up, rolls right in front of him and he tries to throw it and it hits the fence and rolls back. And you're like, oh, poor kid, poor buddy. And he picks it up and he throws it and he does it again. And yep. then he picks it up again and he tries to like. He goes up to the fence and tries to like Push roll it over. it over the top, and it's still it. He can't get it. I that is so funny to me, mainly because I am I'm like Jerry. I have no athletic abilities whatsoever. I tried out for the baseball team in fifth grade, and I stepped up to the bat first time ever in my life, and the pitcher hits me square in the <laughs> arm with the ball. And I just threw the bat and went, no, nope, I'm done. Yep, this isn't for me. <laughs> and I walked away and I remember Mr. Stafford being like, seriously? Are, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. No. That I, is I amazing. I don't want to do this. So when I see Jerry not even able to throw the ball over the fence, I'm like, oh, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to love this kid. I'm going to I'm going to deeply resonate with him. That. Their promotional video was just on another level. It was <laughs> so good. Jeffrey so Tamor, right? That uh, the dad. As soon as you see him, Jeffrey Tamor, in, yeah, yeah, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Tamor. Sorry, he's got he's got some great lines <laughs> when he comes to pick him up at the end. When yes. he's like, "You look exactly like we did when we left you off. What have you been doing?" <laughs> um, yes, no, the 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 video themselves and how he keeps referring to himself as I'm Pat. You may know me from the camp video yes. <laughs> over and over and over again. But when he comes to pick up the kids uh, that first time, he's like opens up. I'm like, I'm looking for some portly individuals <laughs> want to come on this trip with me. And then when he's driving them and that whole sequence where you can see all of the fast food signs <laughs> and he's just like the kids like stop here it's like no 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 oh 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 oh, oh, no and he pulls over that i love i love that moment so let's talk about the moment when they get off the bus and we meet one of the counselors tim who is the success story what are your thoughts on tim's outfit in this scene (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's special. The the, really? the high shorts, the the whole the whole thing he's got going on. Like the bare midriff the mare- jersey. Mm-hmm. No. Well, you no, know who no, that no. is, right? That's it's Paul Paul Feige. Paul Feige. Paul yeah. Feige who goes on to direct many, many more comedies that are in the, the all the wheelhouse of the Judd Apatow well, universe. And he was so. a writer on uh, several episodes of The Office, Arrested mm-hmm. Development. Um, he did he Bridesmaids did, and several, yeah, did Bridesmaids, several other com- comedies. Did so many things like that. And he, it yes. was funny because he started off as that like iconic 90s character. Yeah. And then he went on like kind of like the, the, the school teacher style like not 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 really an imposing person and then he goes on to do all the directing and stuff like that. Well, he makes an appearance in my favorite movie of all time forever and ever. Uh, that thing you do. He is the disc jockey from LA and yes, even in that <laughs> in his like 90 seconds in that movie, he's he's hilarious. So. That's yes, funny. so it uh it is it is pretty funny. What um so, yes, we have the whole scene where they unload all of the candy and everything. But then we get the uh, what I believe is the cinematic debut of Ben Stiller. Is this really this can't be? I'm cinematic. pretty certain, like, at least this is like his first big one. He may have had um, um, some smaller uh, appearances prior to that. Yeah, he did some like um, some small things. I'm trying to look this up right now because I mean he's in a lot of things, all the way up to I mean Reality Bites. I think probably would have been a little bit bigger than this, but um, so that really is his his like dramatic debut. But you're right, he goes from a, dr- a Reality Bites to Heavyweights. That's but then that's a like big, he, that's a big change. But then he like, you know, then he goes on and he does Happy Gilmore. He does the cable guy, which is a big Zoolander. one. Zoolander. Like he definitely meet the parents is in 2000. So, I mean, this was. I see on here one of his one of his credits from Friends, that character he plays in Friends where he's the guy that has like a short fuse and just like goes off on people. It's just <laughs> great. That's that's one of the great. And then. They can never catch him or they can never catch him doing it. Only Chandler can. Uh, and then he just like just loses it on people. That's that's great. No, you're right. He does go on to have a very this is he's starting to build his resume all the way up until he gets to uh, meet the parents is really where he um, is. That's kind of his top, peak. Yeah. That's it. That's his pink. His well, peak and this is, you know, sets himself out there is kind of that crazy slightly off tilter comedic character mm-hmm. yeah. um that he he does so so well and then i feel um, like he spent the rest after that peak was over he spent the rest of the last however many years trying to make us believe no i really am a serious actor because <laughs> he's done so many things <laughs> so many things since then where he's very calm chill guy but man the, the amount of credits that he has in here is just astounding yeah yeah. it's astounding even just like things of like anchorman and dodgeball and envy and like all of these all of these just random films that he that he was leading in the in the in the 2000s just insane or basically middle of there all the way through the end of the 2000s it's it's nuts 
Um, now, after this moment is when we meet arguably the one line, the the one liner, the I, I, dare I say best character of this film, at least the one with the most quotable lines. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, is Lars, Lars our new friend and counselor. Our new friend and counselor. I'm your new friend and counselor. That I would say. I'm feeling at the beginning skinny, Tony. <laughs> well, did we just write all of the same ones down as we were just like oh, going 100% on? 100 we did. We'll do it together. I so my my common ones I I go to all the time is I'm your new friend and counselor. But I would love the buddy. 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 Oh yeah, buddy. we use that all the time. We use that all the time yes don't pee in the to, water gonna, had to don't drink in the water he peed in it <laughs> <laughs> and then when they kidnap him it's great it, it's it's so it's so much fun oh such a such a great um such a fun great character there it's just hilarious yeah uh, the i'm glad you picked up on the i'm feeling skinny tony i'm feeling skinny tony <laughs> this is this is why i started I, I watched this in high school because i would just hear random people in the middle of the hallway just yell out these lines mm-hmm. from this film because everyone was for some odd reason decided hey we're just going to rewatch heavyweights and it fits whatever we're doing right now so you just be walking down it's like we're gonna do it together it's like where did this come from what is happening right now? I love the Lars. Uh, Lars, what what kind of name? You know, what kind of name is that? Where where are you from? And he just steps in and he's like, far away, far away. <laughs> and then he's like part of the gang at the very end. <laughs> yes, like, which is fun. Yeah, Lars, when you know, you know, if you don't, without Tony here, you don't have a job, and they're going to deport you. So you're going <laughs> to join our side. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, so many great, great things. I uh, I loved the, I'm trying to look at my list here. I've loved the scene where they're, he's doing like the mid-camp weigh-in and he's having oh, all the that's, kids. that's a great moment. Um, And he's like, step on the scale. All righty, step off the scale. As they're trying to weigh everybody in. It's just, oh. That, I think that's where you see the uh, the Ben Stiller genius of, just being on that hair trigger, right? Like, you know, you know, just those characters that he does, you just feel that they're about to just like go off at, at any moment. And I, I, and it's so rewarding that you feel that that whole way through the movie. And then you get that scene at the end where he's like laughing at the end of the film in the gym and he's mm-hmm. up in the, the window or whatever. In the rafters. In the rafters. And he does this like, crazy flip all the way down and boom hits the floor and he's like ow (laughs) (laughs) he walks he like throws glass throws the glasses and and he's walking on the glass and then he does the the back uh flips all the way and then slips and hits his head like all of it is just i love that just just off the off the the tilter just kind of little unhinged the thing I had more appreciation for this time, uh, this much later, was his whole opening uh, montage, not montage, his opening um, presentation where he's <coughs> in peak put together um, salesman mode, like inspirational salesman mode. And it's it's 
bad and it's great at the same time. But his whole rant about, I was born an only child with tons of private tutors, and I'm excited to finally interact with kids. <laughs> Just like things that. like that. I, I, I eat success for breakfast. Like he believes it and also doesn't believe it at the same time. There's so many great little things in, in that whole opening montage where it's like, what is going on? This is going to uh, end so badly. Uh, we've got to talk montages because we are a huge fan of montages. Yep. Um, what the the uh the food feast fire montage the fire montage when they're all that's on the mount rushmore best best montages when they we we should make a mount we should have the mount rushmore episode where we make our mount rushmores of everything we have multiple mountains all over we do um yes when they're just kind of uh what is it the human uh human s'more and that that's kind of one of my favorite lines as well when they've kind of at the end of it, they finish this night of, you know, indulgence or whatever, and they're all laying on the floor mm-hmm. and Pat, Pat gets up and he's like, what have we learned about this? And the one kid's like, never put a Twinkie on your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it really funny that they were like, they obviously were thinking, what would be an amazing point like amazing moment a scene that we could have what if it's just like these kids have been starved for forever and then they finally get to go crazy and just like food candy everywhere it's like okay let's do that oh well we should probably have like a good moral to this this whole thing and so they try really hard to turn it into this whole personal responsibility thing and it is so half-baked so bad it is there's 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 really no rationale for it whatsoever. Them well, like, trying to make this, oh well, in the end, like I yeah, we each gotta take our own person. It's like, no, that's not what they've been saying this whole film. This whole film is like, we just wanna eat what we wanna eat, let us have our fun and let us do whatever we want to. And well, they have the, the class with the nurse about like, what is a tomato? And let's let's make a primavera pasta together. Like, Which is mm. kind of funny because if that that's one thing, I mean, there's many things that would be different. This we should okay. I, I don't think I'm ready yet to talk about what would be different if this made it in 2021. We need to save <laughs> that. Let's we, we need like to carve out some time just for how this film would so, be different. Let's let's just put it out there. You were talking about how they kind of created the montage there in the middle. This whole movie is a obvious like studio going, hey, we had the mighty ducks. Let's pull that guy back in because this mm-hmm. was written and directed by the same guy who did the Mighty Ducks. Those three kids were funny from the Mighty Ducks. Let's pull Kenan, them back in. Keenan and Goldberg. Yes. And then even the main character, Jerry, is from the first Mighty Ducks. Oh. So it's like this, you know, this is just that kind of 90s um, um, lower mid-range budget films that Disney was putting together of just saying, Hey, this doesn't have to be crazy successful. It's just got to make us a couple million dollars. So what's the formula? Let's just kind of click it in here. And it really is. It's in that kind of same, you know, you've got the blank check crazy premise. And then you've got the Mighty Ducks one liners, you know, sticks going on. And then let's just kind of layer them all together. And, oh, we'll figure it out. There's so many moments in this where I kind of felt like 
did they come up with this little sequence or this little thing just in the it, while they're out there filming? Like, for example, one of my favorite moments of this is the kids breaking into Tony's office while Ben Stiller is going out for his run, while Tony's going out for his run. <laughs> that on paper should just be that that's not interesting. Like that's not a compelling, you know, beat in the story whatsoever. Yeah. But you throw Ben Stiller at that where he's going for this run in the woods and he's picking up random logs and be like, you, you stupid log, you know, and he's just like just hamming it up, just having a blast with it. And then the kids are doing the same thing in there. You know, like that, that's what this movie is. It's just, hey, let's just throw enough people at this kind of crazy yep. scenario. We got a couple of good one liners in the script and we'll make sure we hit those and let's just play it and make it happen. And, and that's kind of how this whole movie comes together. Yeah, there's. It's laughable when they try to make this like have a moral to this because there's really not. No. There's really no moral to this other than don't be Tony. Don't force don't, Eddie. This is the unintended moral consequences. <laughs> Do not force kids to eat right. Right. And, and work yeah. out because you will get kidnapped and be put in an electric fence. So that's a funny moment, though, right? Like when they've got him all locked up in the fence and he takes the little foil and makes it look like a, a little kiss for a, you. A little Hershey kiss. A little Hershey kiss for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know they this is one of those movies where they're just kind of piecing it all together because they didn't know how to end it, right? No. So how do they end it? The freeze frame. The freeze frame. The oh, freeze I've got it frame. down here. You know it's what I mean? The, it's the biggest cop out in all of cinema for ending a film is just get to the finish line and then they have nothing else to say. They just freeze frame. And I knew it. I was sitting there. I, I had forgotten about it, but I'm like, I bet you they're just going to freeze frame. There's, there's nothing else to do. Yep. There they went. They the went, they frame. just did the freeze frame. Which while we're on the subject of freeze frame, um, can we just have a little detour here on the prisoner of Azkaban? Why does it end <laughs> in a freeze frame? Like, remember Harry's flying on the hippogriff Buckbeak? Yep. And it just kind of freeze no, that's not the, Eddie, Eddie. And his head's is, kind it's of. It's not the hippogriff. He's riding his brand new Firebolt. Because remember oh, his his yes, his yes, yes, uh, yes. Nimbus two thousand. Yes, yes. Gets sorry. destroyed. Forgive me. In forgive the Whomping me. Willow. Forgive me. So he but doesn't got, have it, and he gets that in the mail. So that's the the send off. But it has Buckbeak's um, feather with it, so he knows that it's coming from Sirius. Yeah, so you were close. You were I just, close. I mean, you were I wrong, but you were, you were close. <laughs> I, I've but seen yes, it way it, too many it, times. It ends in the freeze frame, and I'm like, and he's like no. It is, his face be, is just like distorted from the perfect. motion blur. This would be a perfect movie if you didn't use the freeze oh, frame. Was, yeah, that was, that was sad <sighs> that, they, that they used. Yes, yeah, so that they used this movie. That. So to to have to compare Prisoner of Azkaban to heavyweights just because no. of a silly freeze frame ending is unnecessary. Alfonso Cuarón could have figured out an easier way to end uh, this uh, to end Prisoner of Azkaban. The, now this movie, it it kind of deserved a freeze frame ending. It, did, it deserved it. It had earned that. The other because it's coming right off of the one of the one of the worst. <laughs> ending lines with pat saying he's like man what are you doing you crazy you bet i'm crazy 
crazy about my oh, gal, my smooch. <laughs> then it's like three seconds later. It's the freeze frame ending. It's just all kinds of cringe. Well, and I don't understand the whole um, Apache relay thing because it, it's is it a relay? Because there's you get to the next thing and then they like wait for the other team and then they start the next leg. And it's like, no, I thought a relay was like you just keep going at well, you're kind just, of. It, it, it counts. I think it counts because you've got one person doing a section. They hand the baton to the next person who has to or like tag the next person. Who continues on? So why do the they why activity. do they start the go karts at the same time? Because they arrived at the same time. Because that's when they had caught up. By that point, they had caught up, so they both get in the go karts at the same time. Because was, was even lost. though they were ahead in the front section, they get caught up because of the of the hall of hall what, of intellect or something. Hall yes. of intellect or whatever, and they <laughs> and because he knew more of the vice presidents, which but yes, he named a not a lot. Of, I could not think of very many vice presidents when he was uh, labeled uh, sending them off. So. Oh really? Oh, I'm sure you had them all memorized. And I'm a weird, weird person. See, I'm bad at sports, so I have to be good at something. So I, vice presidential history is what what I chose. You probably also knew that was the Mona no. Lisa too. <laughs> oh goodness so, so we are we ready to rate this rate this thing i think we are should we do something different than uh um fruit snacks because this is such a food oriented <laughs> well then <laughs> maybe maybe fruit snacks are would it's be perfect. appropriate it's perfect yeah um i think i would give this a two and a half, three. Eddie, I have a confession to make. You. Oh, I fell asleep <gasps> watching Whoa. this. Oh, it does it have it does it have Saturday a weird afternoon. slow moment. Yeah, this Saturday afternoon. It was. I think. I, I think I missed rewatching the way in. It was right around that time, and I woke back up as they are all on the hiking trip. Yeah, when when he's uh. They're coming back down and they've finally caught him. That's kind of around the time that I woke back up. And I think if you're going to fall asleep watching a film, well, you know, it doesn't bode well. As you're telling that, I remember um, right after we got married, there was a couple of these kind of Disney movies that Sarah had never seen. Yeah. Um, this and like Mighty Ducks, um, The Rocketeer being another one. And I was like, oh, you have to watch these. And so we're like going through. And this one, I actually got like 15, 20 minutes into it. And I was like, yeah, never mind. Let's let's let, let, we'll we'll watch it another time. And we never went back to watch it. Once Lars gets all of his great one liners out, the, the 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 buddy system right after the buddy system. Yeah, literally, that's where my notes change right after there's buddy system and then nothing then it's kidnapping Tony. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> that's where there's this missing section in the middle. And I'm, so I'm gonna amend. I'm gonna just say a two. Let's just say two fruit snacks. I'm gonna say a two as well. Purely, I let me say this. You <laughs> probably could just watch clips on YouTube of this film. I don't think yeah. you really need to. Because wow, there's no a great plot way worth to watching. Yeah, you could just just watch the highlights. I'm gonna give this a one and a half just because you could. You could go watch the highlights. You could literally listen to this podcast and we could tell you all the highlights. You do not need to watch this film. No, <laughs> it's no. not. 
it's really not worth watching. I'm Which is fascinating, right? Because this is written by Judd Apatow, who goes yes. on to be arguably one of the best comedic writers of the past two, three decades. He's he cemented himself really quickly after this. Um, well, his next big project after this uh, become you know is Freaks and Geeks, which Freaks is what Geeks, yep. really puts him puts him on the map. Yep, this is um, this is not his best work. Not, I don't not think his he best. would say that either. No, not his best stuff. But you gotta ha- you gotta start from somewhere, and he took it from there. Um, okay, I was alluding to it earlier. Now let's talk about this movie in 2021. It's just is, is not, there is there it's any not way going that, to be made? No, there's no way this premise even gets out of the pitch room. It doesn't get out of someone's mouth. Like, no, I got You're this great fired. idea. You're I got, I got fired for even saying. I got I got this great idea. Oh yeah, what he got? So. There's a fat camp for kids. Eh, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. Uh, it's 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 never going to happen. Not in the post Michelle Obama world of health and fitness. Not when on net. The, there's no way Netflix is going to green light this while they're also green lighting waffles and mochi. That new show by Michelle Obama that she's also <clears throat> in, where it's like teaching kids about food. Like yeah never going to happen ever well we can't even have weight watchers anymore it has to be called ww ww so it's like yeah this this too much fat shaming like no there's not gonna be any i'm looking for some portly individual no portly is out there not even this description plump kids and and let's be honest this definitely um this definitely pushes the line of 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 over highlighting childhood obesity. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, little not just a little bit, a lot. A lot. I would love to know how they cast this. Did they just like <laughs> take all the kids that they could find or were there kids that did not make the cut when they were like casting this thing cuz So I was reading an article and let me remember the kid's name. The kid who play who's in who's Goldberg in uh, Mighty Ducks, yep. who's also in this. I can't remember the actor's name. He actually turned it down. And Disney made it a part of his contract in order to appear in Mighty Ducks 3. Seriously? Yeah. In order for him to appear in Mighty Ducks 3, he had to also do this movie. And that's the only reason why he did this. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that's um that's rough. If if you wanna if you wanna see someone who took must have taken Yeah, Sean Weiss. Yeah. The if you wanna find somebody who has who basically did a one eighty from this film, the lead character Jerry, just look up Aaron Schwartz. Yes. He got he got he got jacked very quickly. He must it must have been very quickly because I'm seeing some of his stuff and it's like even some of his younger like teenage photos and he just got cut yeah, Um, because he was like, yeah, I'm the poster child for a fat camp movie. I I probably need to take some of those earnings that I made off this film and work out a little bit because, yeah, he's it's a night and day difference. Granted, you got when you're a little kid versus when you become a teenager and hormones and everything else. But just looking at him, I'm like, dang, like 
he changed his life. <laughs> Probably yeah. because of this film. This film changed somebody's life. Did it change your life, JB? No, it did not. <laughs> Although I am so excited about all of the uh, all of the stuff, all of the one liners from this film. But. It is it is a good quotable movie that uh, that's why it is. Now, the Wikipedia article gives it the title of a cult classic. I'm not sure if I would give that it the articles that they referenced for it. I'm like, mm, OK, maybe. But I, I don't know if I would go as far as to call this a cult classic. It, Yeah, probably not. It's got a little bit of a let's say a cult following but i don't know about a cult classic so yeah i I don't think so either but yes that is here nor there because we have come to the end of this episode and we are so thankful that you like a cult follower have been following us (laughs) and we also hope that you will go and follow this show honey we made a disney podcast wherever you get wherever you listen to your podcast uh eddie next week's movie that we are going to be reviewing is Man of the House. And I cannot for the life remember if I've actually watched this film or if I've just seen the trailer for it so many times because it was at the beginning of every other Disney film that came out on VHS this year. (laughs) So I literally can't remember if I've actually seen this film. Yes, I was trying to to recall it. Um, I can't remember either. So this uh, is going to be an interesting... uh an interesting review. I think okay. it might end up being one of those that we go, oh, yeah, oh, that movie. Yeah. Or so. I just remember the moments from the trailer and try to piece together. <clears throat> but it is uh, the first live action with my wife's favorite, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So she's yes. going to be very excited as we, there we I'm go. sure she'll want to. She, she's let me rewatch a lot of these by myself. I think she's going to want to watch this with us. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you for tuning in. I have got to uh, figure out what am I doing here before uh, Lewis asks me again. And I've been inspired to throw away all Twinkies. (laughs) Thanks for watching.